We all know sleep is important, but consider someone you know who is in the military or a veteran. Imagine how much a good night's sleep means to them. As a Sleep Number bed owner, it makes me proud to let everyone know that during this month, Sleep Number is honoring our nation's heroes with savings reserved just for them. The Sleep Number bed, of course, lets you choose your ideal comfort and support on each side. It's the perfect bed for couples. My Sleep Number setting is 90. My Sleep IQ score last night was 82. Sleep Number beds cost about the same as a traditional mattress, last twice as long, and 91% of the owners recommend. Come in for exclusive savings just for military and veterans, and right now it's the semi-annual sale where you'll find clearance savings of $600 on a Sleep Number P6 mattress with Sleep IQ technology. You'll only find Sleep Number at any of the 550 Sleep Number stores nationwide. Find one nearest you. Call 1-800-390-9100. Be sure to tell them George Norrie sent you. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. Ellen Tad with us. The book, The Infinite View, a guidebook for life on Earth. Tell us about that subtitle, Ellen, and what you mean by that. <laughs> well, the book... Um has tools in it because I'm really interested in helping people to have their own experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, There are practices and examples of things to do. Um, My guides became my teachers after my spiritual awakening. I really had a 10 year period of training where these magnificent teachers in the etheric world would come to me and it was always integrated into my everyday life. Um, I would get a discourse on the meaning of compassion when I was rocking my son to sleep. And they, they trained me, and I learned some fundamentals. They talk about the concept of attunement. They say attunement is aligning our conscious mind with spirit. They say everyone has a spirit, a soul, and a personality. And the spirit is a spark of the God force that exists in everyone. And everyone's spirit's good. And everyone's spirit has an individual emphasis. One spirit may emphasize creativity, another nurturing or power. But whatever our individual spiritual nature is, it doesn't change. That's, that's who we are. That's the only fixed aspect of our nature. And then the soul is the container of the spirit that allows the spirit to have individuality and animation. And the soul is very complicated and evolving. It contains all of our past life patterns, traumas, talents, skills, fears. And when we die, both our spirit and our soul leave together because we maintain individuality after death. And in the soul, there's a concept that I call first error, or the original attitude that was not in harmony with our spiritual nature. So what I've been taught is that we all started out with an enlightenment, an ability to actualize our spiritual nature with consistency, and then we lost it. We had an original fear, an original confusion that caused us to lose that uh, enlightenment. I call it the beginning of the karmic snowball. And in Christianity, they call it the original sin. Hmm. And what I've found is it's not the same for everyone. We don't have the same confusion or the same fear. or the. Sometimes I think of it as the lowest common denominator lesson. It's the root issue. And when we incarnate, we're guided towards parents and circumstance that set us up 
to work on our learning. We all get set up to grow. And then over the soul um, is our personality, our persona in the world, which is influenced by genetics, conditioning from parents, society, and education. And that's where psychology stops. And then I add past life influences and influence from the spiritual essence. And what I found is that fulfillment is when our spiritual essence manifests at our personality level. When our true identity is expressed and felt and manifested, that's when we feel fulfilled. And culturally, we're taught that fulfillment comes from getting what we want. And I think that's unfortunate because I don't know anyone who gets everything they want. And that definition leads people to feel a lot of dissatisfaction rather than the empowerment of how are we manifesting ourselves. Is there a difference between clairvoyance and psychic abilities, or is it all one and the same? Well, I tend not to use the word psychic only because it tends to focus more on prediction, I think, right. in people's mind. But, but psychic ability can come from an array of sensitivities. It can come from clairaudience. It can come from clairvoyance. It can come from um, in a very developed intuition. It's the ability to know things without the analytical mind. And all of our physical senses you could think of as having um, an octave lower component. So there's the seeing with the eye, then there's the deeper seeing, and then the hearing with the ears, and then there's the deeper listening. So people who have psychic abilities can be relying on any of those deeper senses. To tap into this, to be able to be extremely clairvoyant, what do you need to do? Well, meditation is key. Meditation is the ability to learn how it will to still our brain chatter and listen. And what happens when we become good meditators is we can perceive beyond our preconceived notions. And if we don't get beyond our preconceived notions, then it's very hard to be open to that which is beyond our conditioning, whether it's from education or society or, or our upbringing. So when I teach people, the foundation exercise is meditation. And I have a meditation technique in my book. And, you know, meditation is now a more commonly talked about thing, but it means different things to different people. For some people, it's a relaxation exercise. For me, it's really a skill that allows you to listen. So that's one fundamental skill. The other is learning to activate the third eye. The third eye in the middle of the forehead is the center of clairvoyance, but it's also the center of just good decision-making. In sports, it's, it's the zone. It's the place where athletes get when they are no longer attached to winning and they perform their absolute best. And this is third eye focus. And it's a skill that can be developed. It's, it's simply activated through focus and concentration alone. I often tell people to stare at points throughout the day. <laughs> the, the thing about clairvoyance is it's activated through staring. Staring. Um, 
staring, you know, when I stare into a hand, I'm activating clairvoyance. And there's a term for it, which is hand scrying. But any, you know, staring into a fire, staring. I once taught a workshop called You Can, you Can Read Anything. And it's just this developing this ability to focus deeply and to listen deeply. So focus and concentration is key. It's one of the reasons kids have clairvoyant experiences is they stare. And then as we age, we're told staring is rude and not to do it. But it's this, this act of deep focus that activates clairvoyance. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.